0: most but i do a lot i'ma make a toast because we still
1: alive no big i feel like pop. i shoot the shot i'm coming in welcome to the blitz with rob and chris we back from our hiatus rob what it do man i'm
0: doing all right you know the, the hiatus was uh was good to me you know i was out here training had a little spartan race that came up this uh this past weekend so for the past six weeks you know i've been in the lab you know getting my shit together and uh the race kicked my ass but you know i came out on the other side alive bloody hands and whatnot but uh i finished a little little 5k with 20 obstacles something light you know well if you've been in the lab nigga been hibernating over
1: here <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping in late, bullshit. Uh, went to went to Mobile last week for my son's soccer game. Got all the way out there. Shit got canceled. So, damn. Yeah, got some got some good rest. Got some good rest.
0: But you but taking any casinos, make a couple bets. uh Nah, bets. well,
1: I'm hitting Vegas in in July, so I'm uh okay. I'm, I'm I'm stacking my cheese, making making some some million dollar bets. I'm planning on retiring in, in August.
0: Jameis fan VP.
1: You know it. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I already, already told, told you. I already hey, told boo. you. Hey, boo! Holler at us. We want you on the pod. We ready. We waiting. Look, I'm putting my money behind you, dog. You my future. And
0: so I Listen. saw he's at uh, UCLA up there training with uh, like uh, Troutman, uh, Traquan Smith, Ty Montgomery. And I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need some of the stars. I'm gonna need Mike Thomas and uh,
1: right. and Alvin yeah, Kamara right. to get their ass up there and work out with this man. Listen, bro. We know you know, especially following him at Florida State. If 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 James has nothing else, he's a leader. Mm-hmm. people make fun of him but at the end of the day he's a leader he's a winner this dude won national championship as a as a freshman freshman at florida state first you know number one overall draft pick like i, I think he's gonna surprise some people we, we mm-hmm. gotta we gotta bet with a homeboy uh, on uh on you know him him correcting the interception so i we believe us yeah
0: i mean i think that you gotta you know account for the various offensive coordinators and everybody points to the 30 interceptions but you know that was what the guy whose phrase was no risk it you know no biscuit and and Tom Brady actually early in the season, we were seeing a lot of turnovers and Tom Brady, you know, had more targets and a revamped offensive line and, and a better running game. So I don't think that the 30, I think the 30 is an outlier. When you look at his career statistics, he is somebody that you probably would assume is going to give you double digits. But I think if he goes low, double digits, you know, 11, 12, something like that, you know, he's still in a good place.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, Sean Payton is an offensive mastermind, and so he's going to put Jameis in position to be successful. Like he's going, he's going to look at what he has and, and and put him in situations where he can, you know, take some chances. And I think he's going to set things up for him for late in the game to take some shots. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. But uh, let's get into it. Listen, listen. We chose the perfect week to come back. You know, as part of our master plan. This is this is Christmas for sports fans. NFL draft. You know. It hasn't had the hype in the recent years, just with the pandemic season, you know, no combine, but they've televised a lot of pro days, um, you know, different different conferences and stuff. HBCU had their combine, so a house of athlete, Brandon Marshall thing, did a combine. So, you know, there's a lot to talk about, but let's start off with the most important position, as most people like to call it, the quarterback position. Um, Top three picks are slated to be quarterbacks. There's a clear-cut top five. And after the top two, which is Trevor Lawrence and uh, apparently Zach Wilson, it's kind of up for grabs between Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. So first I'll start by asking you, Rob, how would you rate the top five? What's your top five?
0: You're saying top five picks in general or top five quarterbacks? quarterbacks. Yeah, so me and you have discussed this. I am not as high on Trevor Lawrence as some people are um you know he was one of those people who i feel like he came in with the height and because clemson won early we just continued you know with the assumption oh he's going to be the number one overall pick he is a star watch that lsu game i mean i watched a ton of clemson games over his career but that lsu game being a big moment for him look the acc let's just be honest florida state was down he didn't play a lot of in-conference big games and Clemson didn't really have a out of conference schedule to, to mention. So really, it started to come down to reviewing his college football playoff performances, right? And you look at the uh, first championship they won; they blew out Bama, right? And so got an they early got defensive
1: touchdown. early
0: defensive touchdown. They get up big early. He didn't have to do a ton in that game. Uh, then you look to the next year; um, that was the you know that that game against Ohio State. Didn't have the greatest game in that game, right? And then you flash forward to the LSU game and he was thoroughly dominated. Then you come to the Ohio State game this year. Again, didn't look great. And Justin Fields by far looked like the better quarterback, all right? Now, Zach Wilson watched his pro day, right? All the arm talent in the world. I'm some a little scared of Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson Gives you like a Pat Mahomes type vibe from what he does at the pro day, but then you like put on a tape against Coastal Carolina and you're like, he didn't, you know, right? He couldn't beat Coastal Carolina, right? right? Um, Justin Fields, so many of those games you watch at Ohio State, he's just dominating teams' read option. He might throw 20 passes, complete 17 of them for you know 300 yards, and then run for another 100, and you're not really feeling like you are getting the opportunity to really see him dominate in the passing game because they're dominating um, with him on the ground and with him passing. Um, Mac Jones, all the talent in the world around him um, and just marginal athlete at best, right? Doesn't wow you with anything, whether it's his physical abilities with his arm or his athleticism. Trey Lance, limited sample size, right? And <clears throat> super athletic played against lower level competition. So I'm going to go like this. <clears throat> I'm going to go Zach Wilson one wow. because I, I can't, he's going to go two overall to the jets. We know that, right. but you know, we were, we, we missed Mahomes once and I'm not going to be foolish again. I saw that boy throw that back across his body uh, rollout pass. Um, and it was foolish. Um, so I'm going to go him one, but you know, during his pro day, Justin Fields did a very similar throw um, roll to the left, roll to the left, right. throw back to the right, sling it. And, and, So I'm going to go Justin Fields, too. Um, And then hmm, three, you got to go Trevor Lawrence. Right. I mean, for whatever we're saying about him and he still, you know, rattled off an amazing three year career. Um, Just not so sure that he's the day one dominant starter that everybody's uh, painting him to be. Four, I'm going to go Mac Jones, and then five, I'm going to go Trey tra- Lance. I mean, I got to reward Mac Jones for what he did. You can't take away um, just because he played with great talent. Uh, Lance, I think just he's got, you know, he's coming out of North Dakota State. You know, he's going to have um, a long way to go. And, look, the last guy we saw come from there just got traded, right? So um, <laughs> he was highly touted as well. So that that's going to be my top five. Yeah, I
1: think I, I got to go with Trevor Lawrence just because – he came in with all the pressure and still delivered. I agree, though. You know, I'm, I'm a big LSU fan. That national championship concerned me. I, I still – I've always said, like, I, I don't know the, the hype that he's the best quarterback since Andrew Luck. Um, maybe top five Mel Kuyper ever evaluated, like, all of that high praise. In, in the biggest games against LSU last year against Ohio State, he looked like an average quarterback. Um, granted, he was going against, you know, NFL caliber talent, but that LSU defense wasn't one of their best. It was average, at marginal defense all year, and he threw for less than fifty percent. And he just didn't look accurate when he when he needs to make throws in tight windows. But uh, you know, given the pressure, given given the circumstances, the situations, we're judging him against the the, the best of talent, national championship playoff games. Uh, all in all, I think he has the best resume, uh, most expectations. I agree. I think he'll struggle in Jacksonville, but I think going with Urban Meyer, you got a, a coach that's going to cater his offense to his strengths. Um, two, you got to. To me, you got to go with Justin Fields again. Ryan Clark, who's a, you know NFL analyst, ESPN NFL analyst, said he coached him in the uh, Nike Seven on Seven. He said he's by far the best high school player he's ever seen, and he had his issues with Georgia. He left, went to Ohio State, led him to back to back playoff appearances went to the national championship last year and lost to uh alabama but he's athletic he can make all the throws he showed in the pro day he can make the he can make the throw so I, i'm going justin fields two three uh, i go with zach wilson by default because i'm just not in love with the other two guys i don't know I, i'm not sold on the guy from byu he's got a strong arm you know so does carson Wentz. you got a lot of quarterbacks with strong arms that that still aren't winners and he couldn't be coastal carolina I'm sorry that, that that's a red flag to me. Um, Granted, he didn't have the best talent, but I, I just I don't know. I'm not sold on a guy who we weren't talking about at all last year to all of a sudden be the guy that's going to save the, the whoa, Jets. whoa
0: whoa whoa. Let's not. You weren't talking about. It I all. was not. People talking were about
1: talking about yeah. Zach Wilson. Let's
0: not do that. Let's yeah. not let's not downgrade our podcast by you just demonstrating that you weren't paying <laughs> attention to who was supposed to be a uh, top no, pick in the nobody next was track. talking about Zach Wilson. People Stop, were talking about that.
1: Ah. Uh, Four, I'm going with Trey Lance.
0: I'm going to have to give you the password to some of my draft uh, subscription services over
1: there. Since please, you, please, you don't even remember your password. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. I'm going with Trey, Trey Lance, four, just just because limited sample size, but that's how much I, I don't believe in Mac Jones. And, and, and last but not least, Mac Jones. Listen, he played with, last year when Tua went down, he played with four first-round receivers, Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs. Now you got Devontae Smith, the former Heisman, and you got Jalen Waddle. <laughs> Uh, this year he starts, he's got, you know, Devontae Smith, like I said, who was Heisman, Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris, uh, all-star offensive line. And listen, look back to the last Alabama quarterbacks outside of Tua. You had what AJ McCarron who led them to a championship, you know, average pro at best, uh, Greg McElroy didn't last three years in a pro, led them to a championship. Um, uh, Jake Coker, who I think was a transfer from another college, uh, mm-hmm. led him to the championship.
0: Selling insurance now is something.
1: Exactly. So what's the odds that Bama has back to back top five quarterbacks? I don't think he's in Tua's class. And I, I thought, you know, Tua wasn't as highly rated I, I didn't have him as highly rated as, as many people. But, you know, I hope he I hope he has a good career. But my point is, like, I don't think Mac Jones is this guy that to, to go number three where he's projected to San Francisco, I think that's ridiculous. I, I think, I think that's gonna get Shanahan and uh, Lynch fired. You don't make a move to draft Matt Jones. I'm Just uh,
0: side note: thirty seven hundred yards. 33 touchdowns, three interceptions, completed 73.5% of his passes. That's Zach Wilson. That's that's why I got him one overall. But to your point, don't matter when we're talking about the 49ers because he's going at two to the Jets. The yeah. big news here is that the 49ers are seemingly taking a quarterback at three. Now –
1: And risk it at all.
0: The craziest part, you and I have talked about this. Every, every commentator has talked about this. Mac Jones doesn't seem like that different a quarterback from Jimmy Garoppolo. And I just for the life of me cannot understand them. I don't get it. Trading to get to the third spot to take a quarterback. That's a mirror image of the quarterback they already have. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in that, that crowd that thinks that this is like a a red herring and maybe they're going to go Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I just, I mean, we've heard Kyle Shanahan talk before in the past about, you know, what you can do with an athletic quarterback. And, and uh, you know, if I recall correctly, he was there with his dad with RG3 um, calling plays that that first year and, you know, was was fairly creative with him. So I just think that although that's a more long-term project, I mean, I think that's the move for them is one of the more athletic quarterbacks. I just don't see how you go Mac Jones, who's, you know, a mirror image of, of what
1: you already have. As a Saints fan, I hope they do because I think that makes him irrelevant for the next five to seven years,
0: correct? Yeah, I mean, because now you got, and you're gonna have to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo at that point. So, and, and when you, and you lost all leverage in the trade market with Jimmy Garoppolo,
1: and when you look at the, the 49ers roster, they don't even have the talent at the skill position or offense to build around a quarterback, you know, that doesn't that isn't dynamic,
0: right? I mean, you're gonna kill as their number one receiver,
1: right? Who's the running back? I mean, right, you know. Uh, you got your boy. I can't think of his name right now. Running back, but uh, he got hurt a couple of times last year. Yeah,
0: I mean they 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 were going running back by committee. Um, and and had you know Moster, he got hurt he a Moster couple of times. Hours. I'm thinking of
1: yeah. Um, I mean, not just not dynamic. I, I don't think where you can kind of settle for a quarterback to you know he's not coming into an Alabama situation where he just got to you know uh a, a plethora of weapons and, and he just got to distribute the ball. That that's not the yeah, thing. He looks dynamic.
0: Well, Samuel was out most of last year, but still to me, you know, he's kind of a short yardage wide receiver. Um, yeah. Brandon Ayute, they used the first round draft pick on him, but like we didn't see a ton from him last year. I mean, some could, I guess, argue that that was because of the injury. Um, right. At, at quarterback. Um, and, you know, he that the quarterbacks couldn't get him the ball, but now you're going to have a rookie. So you don't know if they'll be able
1: to get him the ball. So That's my boss, Mac Jones, boss for the first round. Uh. Let's go to the top ten. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of unknowns in the first round, but but the top ten has kind of shrunk in, in terms of the pool and who people think. So we talked about the quarterbacks, right? Jacksonville's Trevor Lawrence, Jets Zach Wilson, San Francisco from all indication is going Mac Jones. But when you get to four Atlanta, that's when it starts to get interesting. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on who Atlanta takes?
0: I mean, that's interesting because they could go quarterback,
1: right? They could go, go home. yeah.
0: Could go. Justin Fields. I mean, how old is, is, um, Matt Ryan. Yeah. At this point, know. Matt Ryan, I believe is probably, uh,
1: 34, 35 years old. however old is he finished? That's, <laughs> that's what he is. He's
0: 35. Um, so realistically speaking, you know, back in the day, you would be drafting a replacement. Right. Um, Now people are playing longer, but but Matt Ryan's not playing at such a high level, in my opinion, that you need to you know, realistically be um, looking at keeping him much longer. So I I think that quarterback is a a realistic option there. There's been a lot of conversation about um, a potential Julio Jones trade. Um, So if you trade Julio Jones, I mean, you still have Calvin Ridley, but does that open the door for a Jamar Chase pick? Does that open the door for a Kyle Pitts pick? put him at tight end with calvin ridley um and you know potentially make your your offense uh dynamic i think that's
1: the um you know window
0: of picks that we're talking about for some
1: us. say some say kyle pitts is the play is the pick to pair him with julio and calvin ridley and like offensively you just got a, a wide receiving core that you can't stop but i right. still think with uh matt ryan i don't think he get the job done um mm-hmm. and you know arthur blake is a businessman you could bring Justin Fields, like you say, back home. He's from Atlanta. Uh, dynamic quarterback, pair him with Julio and Calvin Ridley, who are arguably, you know, a top three wide receiver duo. And you may have some. But Atlanta's got options. They could trade back, still get a top receiver in like a Jalen Waddle or something. So um I think they got they got, you know, different scenarios they can fall, but most people have Kyle Pitts going going four. Uh mm-hmm. five Cincinnati, the big, the big Call there is do they go Jamar Chase and pair Burrow up with his former teammate or do they go with the the tackle? Um, what is it, uh, Penasu?
0: Yeah, out of Oregon. Um, you know, and that was that was a guy you were hearing about even last year as yeah. somebody who's oh, yeah. like a top five pick this year. So to me, that's the pick. Given you know we made that that Joe Burrow bet and you know we kind of knew the whole time that there was a good chance he was going to get hurt. Then immediately when you saw him start running, he was getting smacked. You know what I mean? Like, yep. to me, I get wanting the the uh, the splash, target for the splash. But I, I just feel like I've said this so many times. You know, good teams are built from the inside out. Um, and I think you need to go. Um, I think you need to go with the lineman here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I heard I,
0: that Joe Burrow
1: is lobbying for Jamar Chase. I, I mean, as a you know, I would love to see the reunion. But but you know, to your point, when you invest a first round or a, a first overall pick in a quarterback, and then he tears his ACL off of a sack and was getting you know murdered back there, you almost have to go like you gotta protect the investment. You gotta go with the offensive line. As much as I want to see the reunion, I think you gotta go with the offensive line, which I mean, then you, you should, get nago you still have these two backs, right? You
0: have Joe Mixon and Samaji yep.
1: Piran. You
0: want to be right. able to run the ball with them like you know and also you just drafted T Higgins in the second round last year and right. you still had Tyler Boyd as your number one receiver so the need at receiver is nowhere near as great as the need on offensive line
1: and it, it, this is a deep wide receiver draft right. so you know you got a, a couple good wide receivers i think you can get in the second round as well so uh possibly Terrence Marshall out of LSU is going to be there in the second round for him so uh, I, I think there's options and i think you got to go f- From all indications the tackle from Oregon is a is a 12 to 15 year starter and i think you got to go with him so then you got detroit i'm sorry miami and then detroit who both need playmakers on the outside so in your opinion
0: who goes
1: first jamar chase or devontae smith
0: oh i definitely think jamar chase goes first um yeah i mean just you know we was having this conversation six foot, 166 pounds, man. I saw he did the Shannon Sharp podcast and he was standing next to Shannon Sharp. And honestly, I was scrolling quickly through my Instagram timeline and I didn't think that that was a football player that Shannon Sharp was standing next to. Um, And I just think that, you know, for whatever people say, there's different types of receivers. Some guys who, I mean, you see Antonio Brown, right. And man, I think I saw him um, this weekend next to uh, Paul, Jake Paul, who you know is about to fight, um, uh, Floyd Mayweather now, and he looks so much smaller than him. But and Antonio Brown was always known for his phenomenal footwork, great route running, and he's not even necessarily the fastest receiver, he's not a burner. Um, but he can get in and out of his break, and you know that essentially allows him to protect himself, get it, put himself in good spots. I don't know that Devontae Smith is that type of receiver. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of his, you know, advantage was pure speed, right? But then also – Deshaun
1: Jackson type.
0: Right. And, you know, when you talk about a Deshaun Jackson, that's a guy who has suffered a decent amount of injuries, a lot of hamstring injuries and stuff. You know, just kind of fragile. I mean, if if somebody can put a hat on him – they could, put, they could take him out for a couple games. So, to that end, I think you've got to go Jamar Chase. His numbers were phenomenal at the, uh, you know, his workouts. Um, so, I, I would think that he's the pick there. I mean, you know, at some point, Jalen Waddell was even discussed ahead of Devontae Smith, if not for the
1: injury. So, mm-hmm. I think that Jamar Chase uh, would be the Dolphins pick. I agree. I agree. And if J- Jamar Chase goes to Miami, gives two a legit number one. Then Devonte Smith goes to to de, uh to Detroit. I'm sorry, and he becomes you know the de facto number one in Detroit because they have you know they let all their wide receivers go gallaudet and let walk, um and, and so he's the number one there as they rebuild behind uh, Jared Goff with new head coach Dan Campbell. So now you go to the last three picks of the top ten. You got Carolina, Denver, and Dallas. Carolina just traded for your homeboy Sam Darnold, uh, so. Word is they could possibly take a quarterback because Darno only has a year or two left on his deal, and if he's not if he doesn't pan out, you can let him go, and and have another quarterback grooming. So so they're in a, they're in a quarterback market, but they also need you know a Everything. lot a lot of talent. Right. Know? Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. I don't know what the hell Carolina is doing. So I mean now you got because they, they were saying that Teddy Bridgewater's on the trade block. I mean and now you just got a crowded quarterback room. Um You know you can have Christian McCaffrey coming back uh s- still don't really know what they're doing, you know, at the, the wide receiver position. I guess you know they had um uh what's uh what's my guy's name uh DJ Moore uh who they drafted a few years ago and, uh, and then they got forgot, uh the guy got, from the Jets Robbie Anderson Robbie Anderson um so I mean that's that's you know been their depth chart there. I'm hearing cornerback maybe Um, you know, we, they had our boy, Dante Jackson at one corner. Um, and I think they have they might have AJ boy, that they signed at the other corner, but I think he's starting the season suspended. Um, so, you know, right now there's a couple of different places. And and I'm trying to think, I think Robbie Anderson might've been on a one-year contract. Um, Now he's
1: coming back. Okay.
0: Um, so with that being said, I think that the cornerback, move with with jc horn might be the play for them um caleb fairly might be a little bit early for him but i think that that's a spot where you might uh see a jc horn go.
1: yeah and i mean like i said you know carolina could go quarterback they could also go offensive line as well that's another offensive line right they they just have needs all over right they got rashawn slater from northwestern who's who's a top you know projected top 10 pick as well so you know they they need talent they are devoid the talent. I mean, they won what four or five games last year. Right. Granted, um McCaffrey got hurt and missed the majority of the season, but defensively they got a lot of holes, offensively like you mentioned, offensive line, Bridgewater was getting his ass handed to him. Mm-hmm. Um they need talent. And and I, I don't I, I don't think they sold on Sam Darnold. I know I'm not. Um uh, and I, I and they, to me they could even go wide receiver, you know, to mm-hmm. to pair with EJ Moore, but Uh, we'll see. So, so I think that's yeah, Robbie Anderson's contract was a two year deal, two year 20 million. Awesome. And so, so after that, you go Denver, right? Denver's got the ninth pick. Um, and I mean, they need a quarterback, they got Drew Locke, who's to me, you know, a third round draft pick.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. And I did say they could go offensive line, and I didn't actually say. A name, but Rashawn Slade out of Northwestern is is the the name that people are kicking around because, like Cam Irving, is listed as one of their tackles right now. He's out of FSU from a few years ago, but he's been essentially like a journeyman utility offensive lineman. It's not somebody that you would expect to start at the tackle position um, when the
1: season begins. So you know, so that's that's up uh, for debate. And and also, I think could I think Carolina could be a contender to trade back. Mm-hmm. because they do have a lot of holes so if they could trade back and get some additional picks in this draft i think they would be open to that um now you got denver at nine to me they, they're looking quarterback um but again they got a lot of holes
0: it should be right they should be but you know we've been told in the past that um you know john elway likes what he has at the quarterback position right now i mean you look at this this young man's stats you and, don't know why. <laughs> right and the stats don't bear that out. Um, but that, you know, that's where they've been. This is another team. I think though, that the, you know, cornerback position, um, would be a place that they might be looking, um, last year, you know, they lost Von Miller. So, I mean, their, their pass rush was their strength, but if you don't have anything on the back end, um, you're going to struggle there. I think they, they've got what Kyle Fuller now, uh, Ronald yeah. Darby. This is a place where people are talking about J.C. Horn going as well. Um, drafted Jerry Judy last year. I mean, I, to me, you're right. When when I look at their roster with Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, no offense, good at the tight end. Um, yeah. You got your pass rush. Your t- cornerbacks aren't terrible. To me, when I look at that roster up and down, Drew Locke is the weakness. And then we just remember like yes. when Drew Locke goes down, right? Like I guess they the ended sense. up playing us with, you know they had the, I mean they had COVID issues, right? That's a so Jeff, squad, too. Yeah, Jeff Driscoll wasn't there, but I mean they had their wide receiver. I think it was a KJ Hamler. Um, it was a former quarter, who's a former quarterback from yeah. uh, Wake practice Forest. wide, wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean to me, that's where they should be looking. But supposedly John Elway has has loved lot. I thought that the Broncos should have been looking at Jameis Winston when he was available, because I thought that that was one of the teams that, you know. Has had a long weakness at the quarterback position, but that's just my, my my two cents.
1: And and let's not forget too, you know, just quickly, the tenth pick is Dallas, and they basically slated to go Patrick Sertain in the second. Uh, father played in the league for eight eight or nine years, was a uh, two or three time Pro Bowler, and so you know he's got the NFL pedigree. He was a starting cornerback at Alabama, their number one shutdown corner, and then and that's, that's Dallas's biggest weakness has been cornerback for years. Uh, So they could solidify that spot with a, with a shutdown corner, but, but just going back to it, I think from after you get to Cincinnati and Miami um, or even before that with Atlanta, like you got a lot of teams, new England still needs a quarterback. They're rumored to try to trade up with, with Denver or Carolina to, to sneak up and get Trey Lance or Justin Fields as he's still available. So you, you know, Right, because realistically, if Justin Fields, if Matt
0: Jones goes three to the 49ers and then the, the Falcons don't go Justin Fields. Everything is in play. Every, yeah, because now Trey Lance and Justin Fields are sliding. Because yeah. the Bengals at five are not going quarterback, my Dolphins at six are not going quarterback, the Lions at seven are not going quarterback, the Panthers at eight they could, but I mean, realistically, you got Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Dion Sam wow. on the roster now again at nine. The Broncos claiming their love for Drew Locke may not and, go quarterback, and Dallas and 10, is definitely, not. definitely not going quarterback 11 Giants, definitely not going quarterback 12 Eagles, maybe, but probably not because they just committed to um, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts. And the chargers not going quarterback, um, Herbert, um, 14 Vikings, probably not, you know? Uh, and so then the Patriots come up, come in at 15. So they wouldn't have to go. They probably don't have to jump too far. The only reason they would want to jump up higher is because there's probably other people trying to come from the back, um, to jump up in there. Um, The Redskins, for example, might want to jump into bears who are about to start the season, probably with Andy Dalton might want to jump up in there. Um, the, you know, at that point, you you still, still got to think maybe the Steelers given Ben Roethlisberger's age may, you know, try to move up at some point and, you know. We love Jameis, but you got to consider the Saints as an option as a team that might try to jump back up.
1: Yeah, if somebody, especially if somebody slides, so so saying all that, look, it's it's a you know this draft could go all kind of ways, but uh, real quick, who do you think has the potential or or most likely in this draft this year? I'll even let you pick quarterbacks to make it to the Hall of Fame. If you had to pick one player, you know Lawrence Wilson, uh. You know, you got the Mackey Award winner, and in, in, in yeah, I, I'm,
0: that's where I'm going I'm going with Pitts. I mean, because realistically speaking, when you talk about tight ends, um, there's been some guys who came out and we thought we're going to do big things that didn't, but I just think that Kyle Pitts is a can't miss prospect at the tight end position. When you look at guys like you know, the molds of the Tony Gonzalez, the Antonio Gates, I think Kyle Pitts is in that mode. Um, and you know, in the the last couple of years, I mean, you know, you had Gronk and Jimmy Graham battling for a while, but kind of been a minute since we've had i think a young guy coming at the tight end position and and be dominant on on that level and i think that he you know is in is is of that you know he'll be in that echelon
1: yeah i mean i, I think he's poised to have the especially if he goes to atlanta where he's like the number three option right. uh, in a passing league in a game that's built around the tight end and mismatches now I, right I think, I think he's set up for uh to, to make a run at least you know he's right. you talk about you know outside of gronk you know there's, there's no real like big tight ends who's putting up huge numbers i think he's got a chance to come in and- yeah i mean
0: kelsey and kiddo last year were, yeah, the, were the two guys who were you know your thousand yard guys they were almost like the f- number one options on their teams though you know what i mean right. like right you know because tyree kill is, is such a deep threat anything you know under 15 yards is like that's
1: all travis kelsey and i love jamar chase but you just got i mean look what what Je- justin jefferson did last year like 13 1400 yards like receivers is all about fit right. um offense you know and it's just you got so many receivers and it's hard for a receiver to make it to the NFL so when you start talking about Chase and Devontae Smith they fighting an the appeal battle just cuz of the position they play mm-hmm. but uh moving on we big saints fans. so before we leave the the draft you know What's your quick assessment of what the Saints need and who you'd like to see them target, specifically in the first round? Because, you know, it starts to get, you know, after that, based on what they do in the first round, impacts the future round. So what so what's you think of the main needs?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really crazy that when you look at how much depth we had last year compared to this year, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we lost Josh Hill and um, Cook at tight end, right? And we haven't replaced them. Um, on the defensive line, we're going to lose Hendrickson, uh, Rankins, uh, Malcolm Brown, um, and not replacing them. Quan Alexander and yeah. Anzalone and linebacker, not replacing them. And we're losing Jack Rabbit at cornerback, and we have not replaced him. So that means you're talking about defensive line and tackle. tackle. Um, cornerback and linebacker are going to be huge needs in the draft. And Don't and forget wide receiver with Emmanuel Sanders. Right. And you. so you lost your second receiver. I mean, those were things that like it took years to plug all those holes. And we had a Super Bowl roster and we talked about this off the pod, you know, that article saying that Drew Brees says he felt only healthy in like two games. Right. right. Um, So now Jameis is going to be potentially out there healthy, but with a lot less talent on his roster. And I don't feel like people are really going to recognize it, but you really have to take into account Those guys, while they were mostly like the second defensive end and the second tight end and the, um, you know, second corner, those guys are huge on the roster because that's where you want to go with mismatches. Right. Right. Now, potentially, we're drafting a sec, a corner to start. Right. Uh And some people are saying Asante Samuel, I'm a Florida State fan. Florida state's defense has been terrible for like the last five years. The whole time he's been there has been terrible. So to the extent that anybody thinks he's good, like he was the best corner on a really bad defense. And I'm not a huge fan of that pick. I think that he's a, a poor man's version of what Patrick Robinson was coming out. Cause Patrick Robinson was about the same size, same level of athleticism, but Patrick Robinson as a junior had nine interceptions. Asante Samuel has never shown us that level of talent. His dad's pro. You can hope that like, maybe he just looked not that great because he was in a bad defense and he'll But do I feel comfortable putting him out there as our second corner and having a matchup with like, yeah, he's going to be matching up with like Calvin Ridley and potentially getting like Julio Jones in certain situations. Absolutely not. I don't feel comfortable with that. Um, Caleb fairly a name thrown around, but you know, everybody's got him. People want to JC horn. Those two guys are going to go way before the 28th pick. So we'd have to trade up to get guys like that. Then you got all the linebackers that are being tossed around. I think maybe that's a little bit more realistic at 28. Um, people are saying, you know, Kwan Alexander is still on the saints radar. We're just waiting to see if he can get back into shape. But I feel like that's one of those um, late training camp, you know, late or early season preseason signings where you sign him in the hopes that he's ready sometime mid season. So like, he's not a guy that we're going to start day one. And it kind of upsets me that we even have to think this hard about going linebacker since we drafted a linebacker um, last year. um, Yeah. Out and, of Wisconsin. Uh, right. And he really, you know, Zach Bond didn't really play many snaps. And that tells me that you don't really have that much faith in him um, since everybody's saying that we're we're looking heavy linebacker. But Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa is, you know, a guy that you're you're hearing a lot of conversation about. Um, like I said, you know, Caleb Fairley. Caleb Fairley, you know, he's got a pretty significant injury history from when he was at Virginia Tech. So I'm not super confident in that pick either. I think Greg Newsome out of Northwestern. I, I like him a lot, man. Mm-hmm.
1: I just don't know if he'll be there because he ran, I think, a, a sub four four forty.
0: And then you know uh, Jeremiah Owusu Karo- uh, Karo- Karamo out of Notre Dame is another name uh, at linebacker that we're hearing kicked around. So that's that's the picks. Saints don't have the best track record of uh, rookie linebackers or coming to the Saints or cornerbacks. You know, and Jack Rabbit is really good. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's top five at his position at some point. So and he was only in his early 30s. Um, so that's just that's a huge loss, in my opinion. That's one of the biggest losses of the offseason, in my opinion. We don't opinion.
1: Have, and we don't have a guy on the roster who could even like remotely fill in. You got uh, uh Patrick Robinson who's shown he can't start really on the outside. You got p g Williams, who's like a hybrid corner, uh safety, you know, kind of fill in guy. So you're really looking to get a starter in this draft, or I, I guess you know, in training. No, I don't yeah. think there's an or.
0: I don't think there's an or that you yeah, have I mean, to get a start in the draft. I don't even know of an available cornerback out there who can come in and play that second cornerback role that, as we need right now.
1: And, and Saints have shown, uh you know, have shown the desire to trade up a lot when they find and target a guy. Mm-hmm. So don't be surprised if they find somebody in that first round. I think cornerback is the most immediate need. You, you know, you need a pass oh. rusher.
0: And we're talking all this. We didn't even get to the fact that our number one cornerback has pending potential criminal charges, right? Watch animal. Yeah, I don't know if you watched the TMZ video, but it don't look good. I mean, you know, they pull up all the cop kept saying it was how much weed the car smelled like. He's like, Bro, how much did y'all smoke today? And then there's the gun, he takes ownership of the gun, but the gun's not registered. It turns out the gun is stolen, and he's already on video on the body camera taking ownership of the gun. The cop almost seemed to know it. Like, did you tell him that was your gun? Because they they figured out that he was a football player in this Ohio and they figured out that he was Marshawn Lattimore. It seemed like they wanted to let his ass go, but they knew now he was on body camera saying the gun was his, so they couldn't let him go. The gun is stolen. They're telling him about keeping bad company. We're talking about Roger Goodell, best interest of the league power. That could be a three-game suspension to start the season. And who the hell are we gonna march out there at cornerback?
1: And you know he don't like the Saints or Sean Payton. Right. They're looking for a reason. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know, man. I'm I'm concerned, but I also think you know fans gotta gotta you know remember all this when 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 the season starts because it's not just about Jameis. It's right. all the the depth and the talent that we lost. Um, right. That's going to be harder to replace than I than I think replacing actual Drew Brees in terms of talent.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not terribly worried about receiver, right? Because you still you know Sean Payton has his long career of like making no names into names, right? So right. like. Traquan Smith was a, what, a third round pick. So he's got to step up at some point. We love Marquez Calloway. Deontay Harris has been stepping up. Little Jordan Humphrey had a touchdown during the season. And I would imagine he's probably going to do the same, grab some in, free, in, a, in undrafted free agents and maybe late in the draft. At tight end, we just picked up this guy, Nick Vanette. I don't know a ton about him, but, you know, I'm just going to be quite honest here, replacing Josh Hill. I mean, catch, you know, two, one or two balls right. a game and blocking. And you got, you just got get, that cover. Just get right. Um uh One thing I am a little worried about is offensive line depth, right? Cause last year we had Nick Easton all that time. And right. so, you know, as much as we clown Nick Easton, felt like we overpaid for him. He was a, a, you know, a guy who could come in and play every position on the offensive line, whenever anybody went down or at least play the inside the guard in the center and and then allow other people to move
1: around. Um, but listen, this is, we, it's time for Cesar Ruiz to step up. Uh, right. You know, Eric McCoy, they, we want Ruiz to become the center and kick out McCoy to, to guard. McCoy was a second round draft pick. Uh, Ruiz was our first round draft pick last year. So it's time for these dudes to step up and, uh, you know, validate their draft their draft position.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, defensive line, Malcolm Roach stepped up big last year. Mm-hmm. Granderson stepped up. Um, Shy Tuttle looked good, obviously. Um so you you you're not terribly worried um there. i'm I'm concerned that linebacker and cornerback, and, and I think that's why everybody else is going there in
1: mantras. Yeah, I think it's no, no question where we're going. Um, so we'll leave it there. We're gonna do a lot of post draft recap next week, you know break down the Saints picks, break down the top ten, break down where all the quarterbacks go. so we, we're gonna definitely talk heavy uh, draft recap next week. But let's jump in a little bit to the NBA. You know, it's not much happening. It's regular season. LeBron's still out. The Nets playing around, although I think they clinched the first seed today. Um, so, you know, some kind of way the Utah Jazz are running away with the
0: West. I still haven't quite figured that shit out. Yeah. I don't think anybody in their right mind believed that the uh, Utah Jazz are actually going to go to the NBA Finals representing the Western hey, Conference, man. which to me underscores a bigger point that the NBA regular season has turned into a joke, but, you know,
1: continue. Hey, that man, Spider Mitchell on a mission. Trying to prove yeah, sure. on a mission
0: to get the one seed, and <laughs> because nobody else seems to give a damn about the one seed, because there's no fans in the stands, you know, like it's gonna, she gonna
1: come back to haunt them though when the fans back for the playoffs.
0: I Depends on where you are. Listen, they come down here to Miami. My black ass is gonna be in the stands hollering at their ass. They better be ready. Philly better be ready. You're gonna be in there harassing Joel Embiid and uh Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons better not shoot a jumper. <laughs> gonna, it's gonna, gonna be have some
1: makers in there. It's gonna be you and about 18,000 maskless people up in there. <laughs>
0: Listen, I don't know if you saw that video from Club Live. It's lit in Miami, no masks in sight. It's uh, super the UFC, The UFC fights were in Jacksonville and uh. Dana White said he's only doing Miami from, from here on. I'm mean, only doing South uh, Florida until uh, further notice because... <laughs>
1: well, to- by the Miami just said, fuck it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's out here. Listen, you coming down here in a few weeks, you're going to get right. a taste of it. I'll be right back. I'm vaccinated, heard? <laughs> be right there and live without a mask. <laughs> Living it up.
0: Next uh, to Diddy
1: and Kardashian. <laughs> right. uh, but... It, in NBA news, there's not much, but Dr. J somehow you know, became relevant this week, uh, naming his top ten players. So he created a first team and a second team. His first team consisted of all – somehow neither Michael Jordan nor LeBron makes the first team, but the first team is all old heads. You got big old Oscar Robinson, Jerry West, Wilt, Bill Russell, and Elgin Baylor, right? So that's already a joke because – you don't have the all-time lead scorer in Kareem. You don't have MJ, you know, a lot of people consider the best, no LeBron. So then a second team is Magic, MJ, Larry Bird, Carl Malone. How the hell he makes the top 10? I'll never point know. Point score, just point, point score. All right. And uh and Kareem Abdul jabbar What's
0: funny is that his second team will whip his first
1: team's ass. <laughs> That's
0: what's also funny,
1: right? Oh man. And then it's funny that Matt that not only does LeBron not make either one, MJ makes the second team. It's just right. you know.
0: I mean, if if anybody has a conversation the best player of all time, it's usually a three three man race Kareem, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James, and so two of them on the second team and one doesn't make either team, right?
1: And I think it's just like it's so many problems with this list, but but I think the main issue we talked a little bit about it was just the lack of respect for LeBron just just by a lot of the uh, like all media, whether it's, it's former players, whether it's you know, just media personnel or or, or just fans in general, like it's just a a general lack of respect for LeBron. They always take the shots. And Dr. J pointed to the fact that uh, LeBron was the the creator of super teams and he, he hand selected his, his teams. And that's why he wasn't picking uh, LeBron for his team.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the most ridiculous argument ever. Right. (laughs) Like first, I mean, where do we start? Right. Like, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and then, you know, Paul Pierce in and what Kevin Garnett, they went to the uh, new to the Nets after that. I mean, back in the day, what do you have like Elgin Baylor, Jerry Weston, uh right. Chamberlain on one team together? I mean the Lakers, the Lakers Showtime Lakers had Magic Johnson and James Worthy, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, you know. The that, Rockets with, with Scottie Pippen, Barkley and Elijah Warren, I mean. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers went and got after Shaq and then won those championships went and got Gary Payton and Karl Malone to yeah. try to steal a championship. Yeah. I mean, this is this is like this is ridiculous. The idea that his distinction was that LeBron put his teams together as a, and I'm like, so so if a general manager does it like what if like what if the general what if I go to the general manager and ask him to go get a person like I don't I don't understand that I mean let's just be honest like people never got rid got over the decision right they never got over three players in the offseason saying let's go to this one place together because that's certainly not what happened when he went to Cleveland and that's certainly not what happened when he went to LA right? right they acquired there were pieces there and then they acquired more pieces after he got there in both of those situations so it's the decision right He's being knocked for those first two championships with the decision as we talked about off the podcast as, as ugly of an event as the decision was like the heat you know Dwayne Wade had won one championship with Shaq, never been in a league MVP his team was right. the sixth seed he had a series of injuries and Chris Bosch was in Toronto forgotten you know, about anything he was just an all-star right um so the idea that like I mean, at the time, I think we all thought they were going to win. I'll give you that. Oh, yeah. Right. But At the same time, I don't know that even those three coming together would be as good as the Showtime Lakers, right? Like, I mean, it right. was just the way that they did it, that they orchestrated right. it in the offseason together and then met and played together is, is what the issue was. And in no way, shape or form to me, is that enough for you to just completely shit on LeBron James's legacy. It's like, right. it's just gotta stop. It's gotta stop. And it makes it just worse when old heads like Dr. J do it because it, you know, kind of it in it validates the LeBron haters. And you know, while I'm an MJ guy, I'm not gonna sit up here and knock LeBron James for anything he's done.
1: And and that's why LeBron made his speech last year at the end of the, the finals. What else do you want? You know, exactly.
0: Like because look at what A- look at what the Lakers are doing right now with AD back. Right. Like, you telling me like people want to give A D all of the credit. They can't win a game with A D out there. Right. With the rest of those guys.
1: And we know as Pelicans fans, right? Like you ain't winning shit with A D as your best player. And and it's being proven again. And and LeBron took his team to the finals nine straight times, nine straight seasons. He's been to the finals what ten or you know or eleven times total. He is, you know, what I think it's a fourth time league MVP. Um I mean, he's won every accolade. He's been to like 15 or 16 straight All Star games. I mean, it's just it's it's not even a debate at this point. It's it's LeBron and it's MG. That's the debate. That's it. That's the only debate. Right after that, and it's, it's and, and we're amazing.
0: not in LeBron's career is not over. And when right. LeBron retires. You know, he may right. have five championships. He's also going to be top five in assists and rebounds, or maybe all top five in four. Yeah, top ten in rebounds, top five in assists, and the all time leading score in NBA history. Um. And maybe mm-hmm. the only guy to ever played on an NBA floor with his son. So right. Right. at that point, like, you know, have whatever debate you want. I think at a certain point in the debate, you do have to knock MJ for quitting. Right. Um, and, you know, people love to make it seem like MJ only played in the NBA for six years. Right. Uh, a big part of Dr. J, I'm sorry, Chauncey Billups early in the week said, MJ will always be his goat because everybody won during lebron's era nobody won during mj's era and that's just it's a ridiculous ass argument right because basically people try to remove mj from the arrow of larry bird uh magic johnson and isaiah thomas when in fact all of those guys played at the same time he just happened to be slightly younger so he got his championships after they already got theirs and then they say well david robinson charles barkley patrick ewing um uh Who's the fourth guy they always throw out there? Karl Malone never got rings because of Michael Jordan. But that's kind of ridiculous to me too, because then Michael Jordan was out for two years. Right. And shit, Shaq didn't win a ring because he lost to Hakeem Olajuwon. Tra- right. the, the Knicks lost the championship to Hakeem Olajuwon. You know, the Suns didn't make it. You know, the Spurs didn't make it. You know why? Because they weren't well-constructed teams. I got a question for you. Who is the second best player that... David Robinson was playing with who was the second best player that Charles Barkley was playing with Kevin Johnson. Who's the second best player that Patrick Ewan was playing with right. Michael Jordan's second best player was better than all of those. The Rockets won when he left because Hakeem Olajuwon had a really good supporting cast. No one great second player, but he had, you know, Vernon Maxwell, Kenny Smith. It was a team built around him being big in the post and then a whole bunch of three point shooters. The Knicks essentially, you know, were a poorer man's version of what the Rockets had. And then tried to rely on defense. Um, so I just I don't I think a lot of these arguments that are made against LeBron and for MJ are flawed. I mean, there's arguments to be made, but I think a lot of the ones that are being made are flawed.
1: Yeah, and I mean we, we talk about this but it's been a year since the documentary came out last dance. And the big thing was like MJ had to take you know two years off because mentally he was just drained, which speaks to the greatness of LeBron to go going to, to nine 10 and
0: yeah, like what are you nine talking about? consecutive
1: to, finals, including like, one during a Olympics. damn
0: COVID, had to be yeah. in a bubble months like, off at 35 and then come like, back and still win. Like. I think nine straight, uh, 10 so out of what Michael, was, what if Michael Jordan had done if he'd have gone nine straight, 10 out of 11? He'd right. have had a nervous breakdown there, right? Exactly, and not to mention he'd have gambled, he'd have been in uh, Atlantic City every weekend.
1: Right. And not not to mention, he went to to 92 Olympics. And before that, I think it was like 84. LeBron Mm -hmm. went to like three Olympics in that run. So so you're talking about, I mean, just an insane amount of basketball in terms of number of games and and, and the consistency. And still to be, you know, I think the best player in the NBA right now uh, at, at what, 36? I mean, it's just remarkable. Right. I mean, he was was
0: potentially on an MVP pace before getting hurt.
1: Yeah. So um, that that's that's it. But but then we also got another list we got to talk about right quick. Jeannie Buss was on All the Smoke with with Matt Barnes and, and Stephen Jackson. She named her top five most important Lakers, and here was her list: Phil Jackson, her longtime boyfriend, <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, and Michael LeBron James. Now. It's two people, it's two people who don't belong at that list, obviously. <laughs> right. One one of them being my boy LeBron. Right. The second being Phil Jackson. At least at the expense of not having Shaq on them. Right. List. It's just it, I, I would just feel so insulted about
0: Shaq. I don't understand why people try to rewrite history like that wasn't Shaq's team first. Right. Exactly, I right. think because he was able to like chase Shaq out and then win two more. I think you know he became. And that was smart on his part, right? He solidified his legacy um, in doing that. But the idea that like Kobe doesn't get those earlier championships without Shaq. Shaq
1: was the MVP of all three finals.
0: Right. Like the the idea that like that was Kobe and, and, you know, Kobe was good about the way he did interviews and the way he talked. And so sometimes like when you heard him talk and he talked about how hard he worked, like you psyched yourself out and you're like, oh yeah, he was always the greatest, like, I remember him going 13. I remember him like airballing shots and his jumper was broken. And, and, you know, he wasn't starting over Nick Van Excellent, Eddie Jones. And they felt like he was a ball hog. You know, he worked his way into the starting lineup first, then worked his way into being the, the Robin to Shaq's Batman. Now it's like sh- history gets rewritten and he was always the better player of the two. And that's just
1: simply not fucking true. And I um, think that's what was his motivation to win one more than Shaq because right. he even did it when he won that fifth one. Right. And, and
0: so, you know, I just feel like if I'm Shaq, I feel disrespected, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, first of all, you know, as great as Phil Jackson is, like he he wasn't on the basketball court and that's your boyfriend, right. like stop it. This question right. was clearly meant for people who was playing in the game. And you trying to give a shout out to your boyfriend at my expense, like Phil Jackson would be okay if you left his name off the list.
1: Yeah, because if you put in Phil Jackson, you can't
0: leave off Pat Riley. Pat Riley, Riley. like what are we talking about? A a decade, a whole decade. And and I I gave her somewhat of a break because, um, you know, she didn't use people from before her time. So I kind of felt like she was talking about the people she grew up watching and then the people that she... um, basically was working in management when they played but then if that's the case you grew up watching pat riley right right she refers to magic the magic right she refers to uh, magic almost like her brother because she's like we were almost like contemporaries when he was first getting drafted like they brought him over to the house and you know they they're just friends um so if you know magic was going to be on the list but like the disrespect to pat riley who's like a legend in the game of basketball still running shit down here in miami um yeah how you put phil jackson there you know come on yeah that's that's come on gd Boss, you got to do better than that you, you it was a good interview it was a really long interview too but it, it was, was just us. really good to like hear like she just has so many stories and you know a woman executive in sports is so rare to get but then to get one with the level of knowledge and experience that she has was really
1: cool and, and that's such a story franchise too
0: right and i kind of just liked i don't know like i i just liked hearing how like you know it reminds, I don't know if you ever watched this show on uh, HBO uh, called, uh, man, what is this show called? Um can't be that great, you don't even remember. <laughs> uh, I'm going to think of it in a second, but basically <laughs> it's about these brothers, brothers and sisters fighting for um, their inheritance essentially, and it- Oh, hearing, Succession. Succession, right. Hearing her talk about like what her brother and everything, it made me think of Succession Side note: Spoiler alert on Succession. The sisters clearly deserving of the family business, um, but the the pops is acting bad. Here, so, Dr. Right. Bus made a good decision, and Jeannie got the team, and now they got another
1: championship. I ain't even watch it yet, bro. He just ruined the show. You know? Oh no, I, I,
0: didn't oh, all right, all right. I didn't tell you. Got it. All right,
1: All tell you
0: got it. I don't. It's actually not decided yet. We still wait for the next season. So. All right, cool. Yeah, so might be a minute.
1: With this pandemic thing. Uh, winners and losers. Let's hop in before we get out of here. Winners and losers. Give us your winners, Rob.
0: All right, my first winner this week, UFC 261. Man, listen, I was I was thinking about like, am I gonna, you know, celebrate my 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 uh you know race, my Spartan race by going out, you know, because I really have been inside just trying to train and 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 stay in shape. And I I decided to stay in and I purchased UFC 261. This is the first time in a long time that like a pay-per-view type event was worth every fucking penny. Man, I was in here bucking, yelling at the TV screen. First fight, I caught, like, basically it was ending when I turned it on. That fight ended with a TKO. Guy gets kicked so hard in the knee that he essentially has nerve damage. and His leg is, like, shaking. He can't stand up anymore. But he continues to try to fight. Ref has to jump in. Doctors come look at the dude, and they're like, nah, you can't fight no more. Um, So that was the first fight uh, on the card. So Anthony Smith over Jimmy Crute. Already got the crowd bucking. So I turned it on. Uriah Hall is fighting Chris Weidman. Uriah Hall, old UFC guy who was on like those those, uh, reality TV series back in the day when they were picking UFC fighters through reality TV. Chris (laughs) Weidman, uh, kind of an old champion. I want to say he um, fought a big fight against Anderson Silva back in the day. And I feel like that's who Anderson Silva was fighting, ironically, when Anderson Silva broke his leg. So I turned this fight on. And I saw the worst injury that I have ever seen in sports. Chris Weidemann kicks Uriah Hall in the leg, and his leg fractures in fucking half. All right? (laughs) The leg fractures in half, and it swings around like the shit's just dangling. He doesn't realize he broke the leg, and he tries to go to stand on it, and the leg just completely collapses underneath him, and he falls to the ground. They showed the shit three times on Insta (laughs) Replay. All you could hear was, ah, everybody in the crowd yelling. I was screaming at the television, like, stop showing it. Stop showing it uh look we as the american people we're all sick it's sick boxing <laughs> is no longer where it's at we're watching sick shit like this on ufc all right then after that the next fight this chick valentina Shevchenko versus jessica Andrade. um that fight was also a good fight the chick jessica Andrade was a brazilian she was i think coming up in weight class talking mad shit that she thought that she could fight this chick she got pounded for like two straight rounds until she finally tapped out but the next fight now New Orleans zone, St. Augustine zone, LSU zone, Pat Barry. He's got a girlfriend. They call her Thug Rose. Thug Rose Some. She's Lithuanian. Google her last name. She's fighting uh, this chick, Zhang. Uh, I think she's a Japanese chick. Zhang, if you don't know her, Google her. Last fight she fought, she beat the chick so bad. I actually went and watched this one, too, at a, a sports bar where the chick looked like she had an alien head because the chick's was swollen. Everybody's seen that. It was a viral video. The chick's head was swollen so big with blood that it looked like she was an alien. Thug Rose is really small. 5 They're both like 5'5", five, five, 115. So everybody's thinking Zang's going to beat the piss out of Thug Rose. Yo, Thug Rose in the first round kicked Zang in the neck so hard. She passes out and doesn't even realize she passed out. Tried to get up and fight. The fight was over. She don't know it's over. She's yelling at the rest. They're like, nah, your ass got knocked out. She's like, nah, they get knocked out. They're like showing her the instant replay. She got kicked right in the karate. Just fucking passed out. It was insane. I was screaming at the TV. Uh, uh, Pat Barry jumps in the ring. He's yelling at her. You're the greatest. You're the greatest. She's screaming. She's the greatest. It was an amazing moment. She's also a U.S. fighter, which it's always good to have U.S. fighters win. Then the
1: Listen right quick. I didn't know I didn't know they called the thug rose, but just imagine like a slim Amber Rose the fight. <laughs> right. And that's I, I saw one picture of it today and I was like, that, that shit fits. That Amber fits. Rose at five115 five, <laughs> Right. It fits, uh, it fits. The
0: last fight, best fight of the night. Masvidal, a Miami guy versus uh Uzman, who who's a Nigerian dude, Masvidal, you know, Trump supporter Republican Cuban out of Miami. Uzman, uh, Great college wrestler, great college career. Only one loss in his career. Um, fights out of Fort Lauderdale. I'm not sure where he's from originally, um, but the crowd was all Masvidal, obviously, because it's in Jacksonville. A lot of Florida people mm-hmm. there, and so Masvidal Usman had already fought. Usman right. won. Masvidal claimed he's a weak puncher. He, you know, he can't knock me out. Usman basically said, "I beat him the last time, but I'm gonna knock his ass out this time," and he fucking delivered. When I say he knocked the piss out that dude. You could see the sweat beads. People said it looked like he had an orbit around him. It looked like planets or stars or something. There was so much sweat flying off this dude's face. And Masvidal at the end of the fight could only, you know, tap his his his, his hat off to the dude because it was just, it was a knockout for the ages. I was screaming at the television again. So like three or four of the fights, I was literally screaming at my television in here in my apartment alone. So uh, UFC two sixty one. I know I was long. But if you didn't see it, you missed it. If you can go back and watch it on YouTube, you should go back and watch it.
1: Your second winner?
0: Oh, my second winner. I mean, (laughs) who cares at this point, right? Right? Um, Right. My second winner is Russell Westbrook, came into Monday, had posted uh, a triple double in 14 of his past 17 games. Uh Wizards had won ten of eleven, so you know West of Westbrook don't matter. Wizards ain't going nowhere. UFC <laughs> oh, two sixty one right. is
1: where it's at. Go ahead with you. <laughs> Westbrook always coming <laughs> in <his> second,
0: <laughs> right. that's, that's never, never gets his credit. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield of basketball.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't even know how to follow that up, bro. I, I just, you know, I, you got me want to watch UFC, and I do not watch that shit. But uh, I get to my winners. First winner, LSU women's basketball, hired three times national. Well, first of all, we had. uh a lady by the name of Nikki Fargus, who, you know, coached LSU into the dumps. This chick was recruiting classes of like one one people, a class. Like she, you know, her claim to fame was like 100% graduate, graduation rate. But since she only recruited like six players in 10 years, <laughs> I don't believe it's that hard. But anyway, she stepped down. I believe she was fired and just let her go respectfully. But, you know, with all of the Title IX issues, the the sexual assault issues at LSU, uh, the new AD Scott Woodward needed a big win in this in his first uh, coaching hire since becoming an AD over a year ago, and uh, he delivered for the LSU women's basketball program, hiring away three-time national championship coach Kim Mulkey away from Baylor University. Uh, Kim Mulkey is a, a a tick for Louisiana native, uh, Louisiana Tech, you know, legend and Hall of Famer uh, playing college basketball there. Went to Baylor, a, a team that never went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, in the women's basketball program history. And in 21 years, she uh, converted into to three-time national champion. So uh also coach, you know, player of the year, Brittany Griner. Uh, so just a ton of accolades and a, and a big hire for uh, for LSU uh, and making this, you know, a big splash. So kudos to my alma mater there. Uh, second, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with a 360 batting average on the season delivered – uh Last night with three home runs, one being a grand slam and single handedly outscoring uh, the Washington Nationals in a nine five victory uh with seven RBIs. Listen, I you know, I, I'm not a huge baseball fan now, but I grew up loving the sport. I don't know if most people remember, but but Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s dad, Vladimir Guerrero was known for for being a power hitter, played in Montreal. Um, had that golf swing who no longer has a team right he didn't wear no bat gloves he was just mm-hmm. straight up thugging out there uh so so just kudos we to my man used to wear man.
0: the off shirt underneath the jersey <laughs> with yeah. the little gold little red yeah. lock with some, uh you know cow, cow
1: shells or whatever hanging off. he was what they call a 5-2 player you know he could hit hit for average hit for power He he was a gold glove you know outfielder strong arm everything man so See, you know, to, to see that like we we're to the age where he has a son who's a major league, it's crazy. So uh, shout out to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, for the three home run night. Uh, Rob, what you got for your losers? All
0: right, I'm uh, uh you know, I've already touched on both of my, my losers to a certain extent. I'm going to give you this this first one with a little with a little clip with it. Let's listen up. Man, man you know when he could hurt another man with his fist and it must suck to,
1: to live that like he hits not hard at all. He's one of the softest hitters I've ever been in
0: front of, period. Squeeze that hook. yep. That's dog all right? <laughs> Talking about Uzma before the fight. And I need y'all to go Google it because his ass got tattooed in the face after saying that that man is one of the softest hitters he's ever experienced and saying that <laughs> God didn't give him the ability to hit like a man. I mean, if that's not a loser, I don't know what is. And, and you know, the reality is I'm extra hard on Masvidal because he's a super Trump supporter and showed up at Trump rallies down here in South Florida before the uh, election. And and that's underscored a lot of uh, the tension between, between him and and Uzma. So Masvidal is my first loser. And I, uh, I'm actually celebrating making one of my losers. And then my second loser is the NBA. I've already touched on this. Like, I just feel like, and this touches on like, my desire to train for my race as opposed to doing this podcast and us taking a break <laughs> for a couple of weeks. It, I can't get, I have the NBA league pass. And every time I try to turn on a game, I, I hate having to Google to figure out who is playing. And I have a guy over at t- a ticket broke over from the heat. Who's always trying to get me to come over to games. And I hate it because you can call me and tell me to come buy heat tickets. And then I get there and Tyler Hero's not playing and Jimmy Butler's not playing. So I'm not answering these calls. Like, and I, you know, you try to turn on the nets and what do we say? Five games, maybe that Kyrie, uh, Kevin Durant and, and James Harden have played, you know, Kevin yep. Durant, he's limping off cause his hamstring hurts. And then James Harden's hamstring. And then, you know, Kyrie's doing what Kyrie does Ramadan family right. time. Like who knows? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it makes the um, NBA regular season unbearable. And and when people are stacking teams with so much talent, then they can sit out all these games because the seating is already predetermined. And like I said earlier, the Utah Jazz are the one seed and nobody believes that they're going to actually right. come out of the West because a lot of these teams are just saving themselves. I, the 76ers, every time I turn on the 76ers, I'm like, is in, like, I feel like I'm never seeing Embiid and Simmons and Tobias Harris on the court at the same right. time. You know, um, and I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of watching regular season sports. That's not true of the NFL. Um, it's almost becoming like baseball in that regard, which also to me makes their regular season kind of somewhat unbearable. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I don't know if they need to. And this is on a reduced season with 72 games. Right.
1: Um, so the NBA is my second loser. And that speaks to just the fact like we're our, our main topic tonight is NFL draft, right? Like the mm-hmm. NFL owns the year because baseball and basketball's regular season is meaningless. So even during their regular seasons, we talk more about the NFL Combine, NFL Draft, than we do about regular season basketball and baseball. So um, definitely loser. Uh, my losers, right quick, NCAA, we talked a lot about it in our last pod with, with, with Walt, uh, Rob's boy, um, you know, both working there. But the board unanimously approved the extension of Mark Emmert's contract through 2025. He, he started his post in twenty ten. So that'll make it a fifteen-year run, at least, if not longer. Uh, and it's just a guy who, you know, publicly has just always been on the wrong side, kind of like Roger Goodell, right? We, we, you know, with Mark Emmert, we have the 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 player likeness and image that you know he was lagging. He he didn't want to push it through where states have to get involved in and actually push policy through. He he's also uh, had the 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 issue with the NCAA tournament this year with the discrepancy of the equipment and facilities with the men's versus the women to where pictures were taken. And it was so embarrassing that they had to actually go out and reconfigure the women's uh, equipment center uh, during, during the NCAA tournament. So just, you know, loser after loser in terms of, 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 you know, media and and just being on the wrong side uh, of issues. And so yet he's rewarded and he gets another a contract extension. So that's my first loser, NCAA. My second loser is Green Bay. With the NFL draft coming, there's a lot of talk about a Green Bay committing to Aaron Rodgers, wanting to get a long-term deal done. And this is only a year after having drafted Jordan Love uh, last year in the 2020 draft in the first round. And a year later, they haven't seen enough progress from him. Aaron Rodgers had an MVP season, literally uh, was the MVP of the league. And now, you know, in between a rock and a hard place. And Aaron Rodgers, of course, is going to make him pay the price. So that that's my loser uh, coming into this year's draft. Uh, Green Bay better get this man some help. He has one of the best receivers in Devontae Adams, but that's about it. Uh, you know, he's got a good running back, but uh, he needs more weapons. So hopefully they get him that if they want to keep him long term. But uh, that that's all we got tonight. Rob, you know, we, we typically, we hadn't been on for a while, so we typically got some you know what what's some recommendation of shows before we get out of here for the thing
0: man I'm trying to think if I've watched anything good recently um what, what you thought of the Mortal Kombat I thought that was whack I watched yeah. Mortal Kombat I watched Godzilla versus uh Yeah. King uh, awesome. Kong um there's a new Anthony Mackie movie on Synchronic. I watched that when chronic was- then taking was- place in New Orleans yeah. i ain't got no good recommendations i'm not gonna lie everything that i feel like i've been, been watching has uh been pretty bad um i'm looking forward to this new uh uh michael b jordan and lauren london film i Without think it's gonna remorse. drop yeah that's gonna drop i think on the 30th yeah that's so, right um
1: yeah yeah i'm uh i i ain't gonna lie disney plus been dropping the content you know for anybody <laughs> out there looking for some family uh the winter soldier and the falcon That shit's fire um you know they got it. They got a big ending in, in the in the last episode, uh, and, and then uh, John Stamos came out with a new show called Big Shot, where he's this this you know Rick Patino or John Calipari type, you know national championship winning coach, and he throws a chair hits official, and now he's coaching private school girls high school basketball. So uh, that just dropped like two weeks ago. So check that one out too, the fam. So that's all we got, man. We out of here, Rob. Anything to say before we get out? Now let's uh, let's get out of here. We out, y'all. Peace. Yeah, coming in hot, coming in hot, just like the
0: fajita. I write what I live, my life in the speaker. I'm nice with the flow, just like the demeanor. I feedin' my fam, I feedin' the